When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet Following the truth wherever it leads Exposing evil and corruption And the secret machinations of powerful elites Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality Coming to you from the Great White North And his studio beneath the stairs Here's Richard And welcome once again to Strange Planet. Thanks for sticking me in your ear. Uh, a couple of months ago, I, uh, I met a couple of paranormal investigators. Uh, Rick Warner, who is the uh, lead investigator, tech manager, director of investigations for a UFO group as well, and Melissa Ferrazano, who is the psychic medium case manager. Both of them, two of the, uh, the principals with paranormal investigation team called phantom detectives they're in the pennsylvania area and tonight we're going to meet another member of the phantom detectives joshua chairs is a paranormal investigator writer researcher musician publicist joshua got interested in the supernatural at an early age uh, by watching unsolved mysteries with robert stack i remember that program very well um in my experience, there are two major influences uh, for paranormal investigators in, in terms of television. One would be Leonard Nimoy's In Search Of, and the other, of course, is Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. Uh, Joshua's interest in the supernatural peaked in uh, 2002 when he had the opportunity to investigate the General Wayne Inn in Marion Station, Pennsylvania. And uh, Josh is a 2008 graduate of Westchester University and a future graduate student majoring in business administration. In 2014, Joshua co-founded the Summer Wind Restoration Society, along with Wisconsin paranormal investigator Craig Neering. Their goal was to use the original blueprints of Summer Wind Mansion to restore, rebuild, and relaunch Summer Wind Mansion as a museum. With its haunted history, Summer Wind is known to be the most haunted location in Wisconsin. Then, in August of 2020, Joshua founded the Phantom Detectives to help people who were going through paranormal experiences. Using the Paranormal Research Society blueprint, Josh is hoping to build a team of renowned paranormal investigators and is dedicated to helping people that are going through these experiences. Joshua, welcome to Strange Planet. How are you? I'm wonderful, uh, Mr. Sierra. How are you doing today? Terrific. Thank you. I mentioned in your biography that uh, in the Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack was a, a huge influence, but how did you actually get started investigating in the paranormal? I originally got my start in the paranormal course, much like any kid watching Unsolved Mysteries as a kid uh, with Robert Stack during the 1980s. And then, of course, you know, much like every kid, what really got my interest going was in 1993 when I started watching Linda Moulton Howell, who's an Emmy award-winning UFO crop circle cattle mutilation expert. She had a show on NBC called The Other Side. And of course, much like any kid that was 
into this topic. I also started, you know, started you know, studying and researching about UFOs at an early age, which really, you know, learned about different cases and all that, and really started gauging the idea. So I think when I was an 18-year-old kid, when I got my first pre-investigation, uh, there was a local Philadelphia team at this time with my late mentor, uh, Michael E. Mayer. Uh, we did a, a paranormal investigation with a Philadelphia group at the General Wayne Inn in Marion Station, Pennsylvania. And by going there in 2002, we actually went ahead and I was in the basement area just, you know, doing, taking digital uh, camera photos of the basement area. And this basement area is actually known to house a the spirit of a Hessian soldier who's been sighted many times over the last 150 years of the inn. And in the basement area, I took three straight photos and, you know, it started seeing these green and yellow streaks of light in the photos, and it matches the eyewitness accounts of people seeing this Hessian soldier named Wilhelm, who supposedly died while trapped in the inn uh, when basically Colonel Rawls' regiment got uh, invaded in 1776 when George Washington was crossing Delaware. So much like everybody around 2004 when ghost hunters came out, they were doing something revolutionary with Jason and Grant, um, you know, plumbers from Rotor Rooter, um, which are personal friends of mine. And they, uh, you know, of course, did a lot of investigations. So I started really watching, getting hooked on all the shows, like Ghost Hunters was coming out. And then, of course, Paranormal State with Katrina Weidman and Heather Taddy. And Katrina, of course, went to school with my best friend, Gwen Fellman. Uh, and also, uh, you know, in 2008, when Ghost Adventures came out, that was pretty amazing for Zach Baggins and Aaron Goodwin. And I know Jeff Bellinger, who's worked with them since 2008. Uh, so I think all these shows started coming out, and I started really loving how they go to these haunted locations, they review evidence, and then they show the evidence to the, the actual client. So that was really amazing stuff. And then in 2014, I went ahead and watched the episode called The Haunting of Summerwind, which is located in... Pencil, up in Wisconsin. So it's about this episode of this uh, family that had lived at this haunted mansion in the 1970s. And, you know, they had uh, all kinds of paranormal experiences there. And then I went ahead and went to summerwoodmansion.com after watching that episode and started uh, basically doing research on the history of Summerwood Mansion. And there I saw a section that said blueprints for sale. And along there, I, re I contacted the seller and it was actually the brother of the actual owner in the 1970s, uh, Raymond Von Bober. And there, I went ahead after buying the original blueprints of summer when Craig Nearing, who runs a team up in Wisconsin in the Appleton area, uh, he uh, I reached, I found him through a, a, a feed of summer when on YouTube. And there, he actually knew the current owners of the property, Harold and Babs Tracy. So in, in 2014, we created the Summer Wind Restoration Society to restore, rebuild, and relaunch summer when as a haunted museum and bed and breakfast so that since that since 2014 we've helped that project get uh, off on the ground and craig is currently uh, spearheading the movement of trying to rebuild a haunted house up in wisconsin uh what what uh, are the reported what is the reported paranormal activity at Summerwind? what are people seeing what, what is the history of the place Summerwind is diving back into the history it was founded in 1914 by a guy named John Frank, who was originally called West Bay Lake Fishing Lodge. There, you could basically stay there for $4.99 a night up in the uh, upper UP of Wisconsin, uh, upper Michigan. And there, you know, he went ahead and sold the place two years later to future U.S. Secretary of Commerce under Herbert Hoover. 
uh, Robert Patterson Lamont, Mr. Lamont falls a property and then he employed the famous Chicago architects, Thomas Tamej and Vernon Watson to convert the mansion into a, uh, you know, the bed and breakfast into a mansion. And of course, after, you know, converting it in the 1920s, it's rumored that actual presidents even stayed there from Warren G. Harding and Calvin Coolidge back in the 1920s. So don't know if that's 100% true, but Mr. Lamont supposedly had a servant say, hey, the house is haunted. We're seeing things and hearing things. And Mr. Lamont, of course, said, no, to grow up, there's no such thing as ghosts until he himself in 1935 he went ahead and, you know, uh, actually was sitting at the the, uh, the the basement or sitting in the kitchen with his wife eating dessert one day. And actually the basement door flew open, revealing the ghostly form of a man. He fired two shots with his black powder plus pistol, thus missing the ghost and never returning to the mansion. You know, uh, after his death in 1948, the property went to someone named Lillian Kiefer uh, on the episode of the Haunt Sea on the season one, episode two, of a haunting, it's uh, known as uh, basically she's known as Mrs. Murray in the episode. They changed the name to protect the, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, the identity of these people. So after it went to her, she went ahead and sold the property uh, back. You know, she was sold to people, and then they would lease it and revert back to her over the next twenty years until the Hinshaw family moved in, who I've been very good friends with over the years with. Both uh, April Douglas, who was a nine-year-old girl living at Summerwind in 1970, and of course Ray, her uncle, who was who owned it from 73 to 79. So during that time period, when Henshaw family had to move in, they had to have this place. They thought it was a great potential for a great fixer-upper. And then when the Henshaw family moved in, all kinds of um, things actually started happening. They would have basement doors like behind me. They would have to um, they would fly open like this. They would have to nail them shut. And, you know, they would still fly open even when nailed shut. And then, of course, there was also reports of they would have tools, uh, you know, that were in the uh, mansion. They would have workers come and work on the different parts of the house. And all of a sudden, stuff would break down and then the tools would disappear. And then stuff would start working again and break down again. They were having that problem. And, of course, there is a actual rumor of the, the legend of Summerwind. Is that supposedly Mr. Henshaw was the father? His car caught on fire, and then supposedly he went mad and he played um, a, a Wurlitzer organ all hours of the night. And after playing that organ, supposedly Ginger um, and the family was so terrified uh, they had to stay in one room. And then, of course, uh, Mr. Henshaw was committed to a mental institution up in Canada who was never seen from again. And then uh, Miss Henshaw, of course. Uh, uh, you know, she went ahead and, you know, suppose it's rumored that she tried committing suicide, but then she was able to get away and avoid the mansion. And then, uh, you know, she gave the mansion back to Miss Kiefer around 1971, 72. And then 1973, Raymond Von Bray's father, Raymond Von Bober uh, Sr., who was a popcorn vendor from Chicago, said, hey, you know, I see this place as a potential fixer offer for my for me and my son, Ray Jr., who was getting out of the Army at that time. So they went ahead and you know, try to make a go of the place again. Unfortunately, uh, Ginger had pleaded to her father, please don't buy this place. It is absolutely uh, not uh, the place to be. But then, of course, Miss, Mr. Von Bober is like, no, I want to go ahead and buy this place. And he didn't listen. And then he, she, he ran into the same problems that the Henshaws did. You know, they had problems with uh, trying to keep you know, contract workers. And then when they would measure rooms on the blueprints, supposedly there's a legend that 
the rooms would uh, change shape, you know, almost on a daily basis. They would measure rooms out and they would, wouldn't be on the same length as the original blueprints. So there's that story. And then, of course, there was a story supposedly he had a, uh, he had a dream about seeing this 18th century English explorer by the name of Jonathan Carver, who was given a parcel of land for the northern third of Wisconsin. It's just a legend that's been associated with the property for decades. And then, uh, fortunately, he tried to make go to the place again, but he ran into the same issues as the Hinshaw. So he gave it to Miss Kiefer back around 1979. And then, of course, you know, uh, Miss Kiefer died in 1985. And a couple from across Wisconsin by the name of Harold and Babs Tracy, Mr. Tracy bought the property to Miss Tracy um, as a wedding anniversary present for his wife. But unfortunately, um, you know, the place uh, burnt down uh, two years later in 1988 on Father's Day. And unfortunately, all that remains today are the two tall chimneys, the foundation, the steps, and also other parts, you know. So there's nothing left of the actual mansion today, but with the, we have the original blueprints. So rebuilding Summerwin in all of its original glory won't be, you know, relatively no problem. It's just come up with the funding to be able to rebuild this thing. But I think if, you know, the right people got involved and the right investors that saw potential in it, it could be rebuilt. And then people trespassing on the property could now come to the property and actually, you know, uh, and it would be a paranormal, uh, you can open up as a paranormal, uh, you know, like a Zach Vegas Hall Museum of the Midwest. I think it has that potential. Um, so have you been to the ruins of a summer wind lately? And, and even though the building essentially is gone, except for the foundation and the, and the chimneys, is there still paranormal activity at the site of summer wind? Oh, yes, definitely. Craig Nearing, uh, of course, runs the Fox Valley Ghost Hunters up there, LLC. And over the years, they have investigated there since 2009. And they would be investigating, like, using their EMF detectors and other, um, you know, voice recorders and ghost boxes. And they actually would start doing EMF sweeps throughout the, the place. And uh, rocks would come flying out of the foundation to no reasonable explanation. And then, of course, they would pick up, like, various EVPs. Hey, you guys want us to rebuild Summerwind? And the spirit box and the voices will come back and say, yes, please rebuild Summerwind. So, and there was also a floating lady in white that was supposed to be captured there in 2017 near the steps um, of the property during World's Largest Ghost Hunt 2017. So that was pretty amazing stuff. I think that's on Fox Valley Ghost Hunters' Facebook group page. So there is still haunted history going on there to this day. And the Fox Valley Ghost Hunters, of course, uh, who have been up there for many years, they have done like dozens upon dozens of investigations. So they kind of, you know, they know the property owners and they kind of um, continue to keep everything, you know, going as best as they can. And they have like, you know, public benefits sometimes up there where they'll have people investigate with them. And then, of course, which is great, you can camp out during the night and summer wind and, you know, basically hopefully capture some paranormal experiences while investigating there. Joshua Chairs is the founder of Phantom Detectives. PhantomDetectives.org is the website. And um, tell me about, let's start with one. Give me one of your, let's say, favorite locations. It, it could be in Pennsylvania, maybe not. One of your favorite locations, haunted locations, aside from Summer Wind, that you've investigated. Sure. There are many locations that we've been. We've been in Pennsylvania. We've been in Maryland. We've also been in Delaware. 
uh, for me, like there are so many places, but I, if I had to really narrow them down into uh, places, I would say probably to me the most amazing place that we actually captured like legit paranormal activity was Boobies Brewery. This is an old uh, brewery that is in Mount Joy, Pennsylvania. It dates back to around 1850. It was founded by a guy, Alois Booby. And of course, um, you know, this is all, like it was actually used over the years. It's like a uh, speakeasy, a different thing, tavern. So this place, we were there in May of 2022 with our friends, Melissa and Jerry Keller, who run the paranormal investigations here. From, they're called Jotnik's Paranormal. So the night that we were there, we were upstairs in the third floor ballroom area um, taking pictures with a thermal camera. And as you know from um, thermal cameras are used to pick up like, you know, hot and cold signatures in an environment. And what's one of the most amazing pieces of evidence that we actually were able to capture is in the corner room, we started aiming the thermal camera, point, click, point, click. And in the corner, we started picturing, we actually pictured these, uh, you can see three silhouettes of these people like back to back to back wearing tank tops. And I asked Melissa and Jerry, do these, do these pictures match anybody from the history of the brewery? And they said, yes, they look like some of the Booby family that were there back in the 1870s. So to pick up their uh, apparitions was pretty amazing. And then, of course, when we went down to the catacombs. The catacomb area is still available. You can, you, know, you can eat down there. It's like the basement area of the brewery. And it's very beautiful uh, location. And when Rickwood started scanning the ghost box to see if he could pick up spirit voices, the thing was malfunctioning like crazy. Whatever was down there wasn't letting him run the AM and FM uh, sweep. And, of course, we use um, three different versions of the ghost box. We use the traditional PSB-7 and PSB-11 by Gary Galka. Of course, he's a well-known uh, paranormal inventor on Ghost Adventures who cre created the Melmeter. So he runs a, a company that, you know, manufactures whose devices called DAS Distribution, which are one of our many suppliers. And then, of course, we also just picked up the S-Box from Ghostbox, Ghostop, which is ghostop.com. It's only like 80 bucks, but the, the value of the S-Box is you can save your sessions on an SD card and re-listen to them. Unfortunately, on the PSP7, PSP11, you have to use like a voice recorder to save your session. But having... You know, that S-Box, you know, completely malfunctioned down in the basement area. And then, of course, Rick, um, we, we would take it up to the ballroom upstairs, and it was going off like it was a completely, you could hear different voices going on. It was working perfectly fine. So for that to happen with the equipment malfunctioning down the basement and then going up to the uh, actual, you know, uh, tavern area of the bar, it was completely insane. And, of course, what's interesting, we also have this tripwire EMF. So think of like a K2 meter. Well, you have all those multicolored lights. This, this thing is like a Christmas light. You stretch it out. It's called a tripwire EMF and eight, and the different sensors light up the different colors. And right next to Rick, um, we started uh, the gyroscope, which is one of our devices, like a rotating ghost style. That started going off at the same time these uh, the, our paralites, which are, of course, our EMF meter style lights, they were going off at the same time these the tripwire EMF lights were lighting up like crazy. So that to me showed that we were having some kind of legit paranormal activity and you can add layers upon layers of your equipment going off. So I think to me, the, the Boobies Brewery uh, investigation was one of the most memorable uh, over the course of the history of Phantom Detectives LLC. Any uh, EVPs captured uh, on, on the side of the brewery? Uh, I think we caught uh, not as much EVPs, but I think to me the thermal images could because we caught three full body apparitions during that investigation 
And those are, of course, on our website, phantomdetectives.org. Just look up the Boobies Brewery on the investigation tab. We always post every single case that we do, the results of it. And then we do you know, a brief uh, two or three paragraphs about what we experienced that night. So unfortunately, no EVPs were called that I can remember. But it's definitely a place that if you're, you know, having your listeners in Pennsylvania or New Jersey or Maryland, that are in that area, I highly recommend going to Boobies Brewery because the Chopnix Paranormal Team also do public investigations there. And, you know, you can definitely go down and, you know, pick up, you know, use your voice recorders and try to see if you can pick up something yourself. So, fortunately, we didn't catch nothing ourselves, but we're hoping to go back in the future and hopefully capture some amazing EVPs. Joshua, hold on. We'll take a quick time out back with uh, more of my conversation with the founder of Phantom Detectives. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's time to redefine reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Joshua Chairs is with us, the founder of Phantom Detectives. Um, that was one of your favorite locations. What about the most, the most active location or maybe even um, a location, an, an investigation that left you rattled? investigation that left me around there's a lot of them over the years of during uh paranormal investigations at the ones that we've been but i'm going to say probably the most hair-raising experience that we had of course we do um historical societies asylums uh you know um you know all kinds of locations but for me it's like we always do in the residential cases because the residential cases are where you're going to get the most hair-raising experiences ever so this was back in august of 2021 we were there with uh dark hour paranormal who of course works with dr j who you know art bell's little producer and of course dark hour paranormal is his ufo expert so we were recording this investigation at this guy's apartment in philadelphia and there, like you know the what was happening was this client actually um was sleeping you know like at, at night and all of a sudden he had um he would show video he actually showed legit video of his sheets flying up like that being pulled off and then of course um he also was experiencing a lot of like supposedly he was seeing like alien faces and different kinds of you know spirit faces in this uh security camera video that he was providing to us and then of course um lead investigator director of client relations and tech manager rick warner interviewed him in may of 2021 about these paranormal experiences and so that was uh all the stuff that was set up from the minute that we went into that apartment and we were there in august of 2001 with our previous lead investigator who has since left the team and to start her own start her career in music and so the night that we were there we were feeling like a lot of heaviness like a lot of pressure was on our chest it was like only like it looked like the hair was standing up on our arms we started almost feeling like vomiting like completely feeling sick um that was an experience and then from some of the evidence that we captured that night, we were um we were, we were using the dowsing rods. Like Rick is actually very well versed in using these, you know. We got a lot of responses 
they were moving by themselves and shifting a lot in the in this guy's uh bedroom in the master bedroom we were picking up on the spirit of a 19 year old kid who took his life and then of course in the living room area where all the activity or the central area of the activity was mostly associated we started picking up on uh you know two spirits uh, of a middle-aged woman and an older woman and they were actually we like to call them the potty mouth spirits they were we were actually getting cussed out on the spirit box i've never heard anything like that on the a of an fm sweep they're saying all kinds of profane things so for that to happen and on top of we, we actually captured an EVP that night during that residential investigation. It's on uh, case number 05. I think it's JC's estate. It's a residential case in Philadelphia. And there, Melissa asked a question, is there a spirit here? Is is there, is there is this his home? And you can clearly see a whisper that says, right here. So that, to me, raised our hair up. When you hear the word right here in a whisper, that was absolutely terrifying. So to me... When we started, when we got out of that place, we started feeling sick for weeks. We did not, um, we had to basically uh, completely, and we even used, uh, uh, we actually used a special rosary that night. Uh, we actually had one from Dave Schrader from the Holzer Files, who, of course, we actually had the Merchant's House rosary that he wore on that episode. And um, that thing, thank gosh we had that thing, because if we had not had a rosary with us, we could have, those things could have attached to us. So that, to me, was one of those hair-raising experiences when you're feeling vomiting, you're feeling sick. And then, of course, when you are in the process of trying to, you know, um, you know, all the pressure on your chest and all the equipment going off, our EMF were spiking like crazy. You know, the ghost box was picking up things, the EVP recorder was picking up things. And then what was amazing was this client had marked strange markings on his leg that supposedly Rick has said he might have, there might have been some kind of UFO abduction involved. And I know Rick would know more about that um, UFO part of that, uh, but from what that experience was, that was one of the most memorable, but also um, terrifying experiences that I ever had while doing uh, six years of investigating and course three now with phantom detectives. You mentioned rosary beads. How else, yes. do, you, how, how else do you prevent ghosts or entities from hitching a ride on you when you leave the location and go home? We are highly, um, phantom detectives, we're all well-trained and we always recommend if you're doing an investigation, of making sure that prepare yourself. And you often ask, how do you prepare yourself on an investigation? What we do is we use holy water, which is a common thing that um, you can pour over yourself and of course say some say the Lord's Prayer and say um, St. Michael the Archangel's Prayer. And we actually have the St. Michael's the Archangel's Prayer on our phantomdetectives.org website under articles. So, you know, you can pour um, holy water over yourself and you can also... Uh, you know, make sure that you have like, you know, rosaries, of course, which you can wear around your neck or you know, wear a cross, the symbol of God. And then, of course, you can also use sage, which is a common thing. You can just bless yourself and, you know, um, use sage has been around for many generations, over hundreds of years with the Native Americans, supposed to use it to cast out evil spirits. So there are things that you can do um, if you can do that, like prior to going into the location. And then, of course, prior to leaving the location, you'll prepare yourself and you'll like you know so much like in ephesians 6 you'll put on your spiritual armor of god that will protect you from things from following you home and of course respect we always come in on phantom detectives llc respect for the home and respect for the spirits and when you treat the spirits with respect you're going to get respect back that's why we've captured so much evidence on the first 16 investigations that we've done because we always say please we say thank you 
Thank you for allowing us to come into your home or your business. Thank you for communicating with us. So, have, you know, you, when you treat the spirits kindly, and of course, when you you know, can prepare yourself for this burning stage of holy water, you're going to be much better. And of course, um, world famous ghost hunter, a guy named Dave Giuliano. Dave is uh, well known in Philadelphia. He's been on a show called The Ghost Detectives. He uh, runs the Ghost Hunter store at, uh, in New Jersey. He also offers courses in demonology for any of your listeners that are interested. Dave Giuliano has an entire uh, course that he offers to help people how to prepare themselves while entering and leaving locations. And we, of course, we can, we're planning on doing paranormal classes too, where we can teach our subscribers on Patreon how to do that as well. So are the entities that you're encountering on these investigations, do you think they're demonic or are they... Is it a mixed bag? Are some actually the spirits of dead people? What are they? I think there are a lot of things. So as Mark Anthony, who is on our team today, he's unfortunately not here. He reviews these uh, people as the electromagnetic soul, which is a law of energy says uh, energy moves from one form to another and cannot be created nor destroyed. So we've actually picked up a lot of things on these investigations where some of them were clearly like intelligent, like, where we would ask the question and it would be we would get like a direct you know, response on our voice recorders or on one of our pieces of equipment uh, and, it, and of course you have lighted dowsing rods now like they look really great in the dark so um we, we've actually picked up a lot of things from a combination of intelligent haunting and of course we had a case in november where um this client actually reported this, these kids were terrified and they had reported seeing a lot of demonic figures down in their basement area so you know, I think these things, these spirits, are, you know, a lot of them want, want their stories to be told. These are, you know, it's like almost like, a, you know, past history trying to repeat itself. A lot of these spirits are trapped in these locations and they want to communicate and they want to have their, their they want to be remembered in ways in which um, they know that we can do that. So we do a great job of going in. So we respect them and we get so much evidence. We get at least two or three pieces of evidence every investigation because we are very well prepared. We're humble and we help our clients and that's why we've been growing so very quickly in the southeastern pennsylvania we've been featured on the local news down in delaware now um several times and so i think it all comes down to basically the respect for the spirit and respect for each other and if you're going to if you do that you're going to you're going to, you're going to do some great things so we're really excited to see this business continue to grow and to continue to expand in delaware and we're going to be uh looking to uh, cover more states in the future as we get bigger and of course um cover the uh all of Maryland, all of Ohio, New York. So it's definitely starting to get definitely travel further out of state as well. But but uh, just back to my original original question: Are are you dealing with demonic entities, or are they the spirits of of dead people, or is it a mixed I, bag? I'm going to say it's a mixed bag because you're having both intelligent and um, you know demonic hauntings. So it's definitely the last two cases, two out of the last three cases were demonic hauntings, and then of course. The most of the cases, 90 percent of them so far have been intelligent. It's been we haven't ran into any residual cases yet where it's like a tape recorder playing itself over and over again. But in the future, I would not be surprised if we get more demonic cases, you know, as there's more uh, things coming into because we have a lot of cases that are now being coming into paranormal societies org, which is like you know people can go and that are having activity in their homes and businesses. And the great thing about paranormalsocieties.org is you can submit help, request help, which is there's a help section coming. And of course, Bill Wilk, who developed paranormalsocieties.com, he vanished in June of 2017, but the .org website will be coming where people can submit cases. So I expect in the coming months, we're gonna be having more and more demonic cases and more and more 
intelligent haunting clip cases. So, so far it's been a combination of both. All right, another time out, and then back to uh, more of my conversation with Joshua Chairs, founder of Phantom Detectives. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. We're now crossing a zone of turbulence. Please return your seats and food trays to their upright position and make sure your carry-on luggage is safely stowed. You're about to leave everything you know behind. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Strange Planet. Joshua Chairs, founder, paranormal, sorry, Phantom Detectives Paranormal Investigation uh, team that uh, covers Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland. Um, how about sharing another investigation uh, with me? Give us the location, its history, and what did you find? Sure. So we actually, one of my favorite cases that we just went to in November, we went to the lightship Overfalls, which is in Lewis, Delaware. Uh, this lightship uh, was built in 1938 by the U.S. Coast Guard. It is, there's only about five of these lightships left in the entire United States, and you can still see the Overfalls down in Delaware. It's very historical, and it was decommissioned in 1972. So there was a previous team that had did a investigation there in 2012. So we reached out to the president of the Overfalls board, and we booked our investigation on November 16th there, 2022. And the night that we were there, we're trying to see if we can kind of you know improve upon the previous team that was there. Uh, there that, that team's founder had passed away in 2015. So what we did was we set up in the same equipment in those areas. Unfortunately, it was really rainy that night, so we had to get all the equipment down. It was very slippery. Had to get it. We, had, we couldn't do the exterior of the overfalls, but we did the interior. And the night that we were there, we um, in the utility area where, of the ship, we we set up um, you know some uh, paralytes, which are kind of like K two. They're like EMF meter lights. Uh, they were going off like crazy in this utility area of the ship. And then, of course, um, in the uh, captain's cabin, we also moved the paralyte, and we started we started picking up, uh, you, you know, a lot of these things. But the, the thing was spiking like crazy. You know, all the devices were going off in that room. And what was amazing was we also pictured we also used something called an SLS camera, which is a structured light sensor. Uh, the SLS camera has been used on you know many paranormal shows before, and right in the area where the equipment was going off against the solid wall. Uh, there was nothing on the solid wall, so the SOS camera you have to be very careful when mapping with it. It actually picks up, it marks, it picks up stick figures and marks them as anomaly on the camera. Um, we're picking up on this huge spirit, like the size of this, like about seven foot tall, on this SLS camera. And then, of course, there's a couple smaller guys that were like 5'10, 5'11. So to me, I must have been, I think it was the crew of the overfalls that were haunting the ship. And then um we were in another room on the uh, on the cruise side because we were on the administrative side when that when that equipment was going off. We actually picked up a Class A EVP in um, on in one of the uh, cruise cabin, and it says, "Hello, help me." It was a female voice that said it was Class A. I've never heard anything like it on the first fifteen investigations that we've done. But when you pick up a woman's voice when there's nobody else on the board of the ship, it's just you. That was uh, hair raising. And I still remember that to this day. And what was amazing is after we did this investigation, the local news, uh, we, we uh, were picked up on this story. 
and we had we were featuring the Cape Gazette and WRDE Coast AM. So they did a story all about it. And um, you know, so actually more and more people now are aware of this light ship. So there's uh, it's the beautiful thing is it's uh, it's a floating museum now. Uh, people can get uh, any of their uh, your listeners in Delaware can go down there and you can get a tour for five bucks. But now that we've been there and we've established that there's legit paranormal activity on this ship, I highly recommend getting out there. So especially for teams, now, this could open up more and more teams to come down there and do their own investigations. So we definitely feel that we hopefully more and more people will, will be aware of this uh, location in the future for as a paranormal hotspot. Was there some sort of a tragedy on this light ship that may have caused it to be haunted? I definitely feel the crew themselves, since it was part of the Coast Guard, I don't, like, Melissa, of course, was not picking up on nothing malevolent that, you know, nothing tragic, like nothing, nobody died on board that we can recall. But according to my research, there are shipwrecks that are nearby um, that are called the over the Port of the Overfalls, which is where, they, where they, the name Overfalls came from, the shipwrecks where people went down with the ship that, that were nearby, um, in a nearby area of the Bay Area in Delaware, so my in the marina area. So my assumption is, I don't think that there's nothing that uh you know nothing tragic that I've encountered. Uh, and the president Overfalls can say this, who I'm friends with, uh, that there is not no legit um you know nothing tragic that happened on the lightship Overfalls itself. But there are nearby ships that went down uh, in that area, you know. So that definitely for that there, there's a lot of tragedy that maybe some of those spirits could have flocked over to the Overfalls. But since it's the only, you know, continuing uh, floating lighthouse uh, left in existence in Delaware, so maybe a lot of these spirits moved over from these shipwrecks onto the lightship. So that's what I that's what I think what happened. And it's hard to say for sure, but I definitely feel the beautiful thing is the lightship is still in pristine condition, and for being is be for being almost eighty years old, it is a it, it's like it's still been there for fifty years. So hopefully there's nothing bad or malevolent home that of these people from these shipwrecks that went down, but. You know, the tragedy of all these other ships that went down in that nearby era definitely kind of makes me wonder if there's, you know, a lot of energy on there. There's a portal of spirits coming in and out of that place. Aside from investigating, are you, I don't know if the term is exercising. Well, I suppose if there are demons involved, there would be an exorcism of a location. But if they're, they're ghosts, what do you do? Do you get them and convince them to go to the light or what do you do? How do you remediate the situation? Well, there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, I think a lot of it is like I know different people. Some people use seances, which is something that we don't recommend because that can definitely um, go in a process of you know pro- you know provoking more spirits and more energy. But I, we, what, we're, we're, what we recommend try doing is trying to you know, sometimes you can use a psychic medium and we can you know there's different things that you can do to try to get things removed by you know saying please like you know step out you know please get uh, you know please go crossover into where you need to be. So there's like techniques that uh, Dave Juliana from the Ghost Hunter store that we're still in the process of researching and learning that we're hoping to adapt into our investigation to help spirits cross over that are still trapped in these locations. Because you remember, history is like uh, is a revolving door. It's it's always been embedded and it's always constantly evolving in these locations. So we always want to try our best to be prepared. And I expect in the future we're going to be getting a lot of these cases where we'll have to somehow help these spirits cross over. The best way that we can do it is through you know. Um, you know, try to say, please step into the light, please, you know, um, you know, and just try to say, to say prayers and stuff like that. So I think that's the best thing that we can try to do is just try to, you know, um, pray for these spirits and hope that they uh, go where they need to go. What about uh, in the case of a demonic uh, infestation? Uh, do you do you bring someone who can perform an exorcism? 
Oh, yeah. We actually know um, the good thing is we haven't had a case yet where we've, um, you know, haven't had to deal with that. You know, we had that demonic case in November with that homeowner DH where he was, you know, with his kids. But the nice thing is we have a huge network of people. Um, I know Billy Bean, who, who I'm sure has been on Coast to Coast and on your show before, Bill Bean in Maryland. He's there. He's a well-known ordained minister and exorcist. Uh, you know, of course, you know, uh, there's other people, Father Jack Ashcraft, who was a good friend of Father Malachi Martin, who interviewed with Art Bell back in the 90s. I think Father Jack Ashcraft is another outlet that we have. Dave Giuliano from the Ghost Hunter store uh, is another person that we have that's trained in exorcism and, you know, demonic cases. So it's good to know that we have people out there. We need to bring along with like a guest investigator where we're doing a case that is um, beyond what we can do. We have these people that just literally a phone call away that can come and help and uh, banish whatever entities that need to be banished from these locations. So it's good to have a good network of people knowing like, all I got to do is just pick up a phone and they're there in like five, 10 minutes. What about Gettysburg? Are you, uh, you're in Pennsylvania. Are you far from Gettysburg and have you performed an investigation on the uh, Civil War battlefield? Oh, yes, definitely. Gettysburg, in fact, um, our former team member who's not here now, uh, she actually helped found the Phantom Detectives in August of 2020. She's a Civil War reenactor out there. She actually did many uh, investigations with the local Gettysburg groups out there. So I have done one investigation um, with Dave Giuliano, and he was doing one sponsored by the Ghost Hunters for in July of 2021. And we were at the David Stewart farm. This old farm dates back probably to around uh, the 1840s, 1850s. And in this open field, we actually, of course, I actually brought my Fleer thermal camera that night and just started pointing and clicking, like much like it was empty battle, completely empty grass and picked up a silhouette of a multi multitude of different. And you can see the hats of Confederate soldiers, like, you know, the kind of standing formation looking the opposite way. We picked up like four or five um you know, you can see like silhouettes of these spirits. And what's interesting is these are cold signatures. These are not hot signatures. If they were a living person, they would clearly be a, um, you know, heat signature. Or if there was like an animal out there, we would know, we'd be able to directly see it on the thermal camera. But the FLIR thermal imaging capture, you know, captured four, um, you know, things. So we're hoping to get back out to Gettysburg in the future. Of course, we did uh, Phenology 2020. Um, in June of 2021. And of course, we saw Dave Schrader and our good friend Shane Pittman and our friends from the Tennessee Raft Chasers, they were there. So uh, I would love to do um, an investigation at the Tilly Pierce House, which is known to be very haunted. And of course, you know, there's a train museum out in Gettysburg, which is known to be very haunted. So we're hoping to get out to Gettysburg here in the future and do as many investigations as we can. Because to me, factor in 50,000 people lost their lives in three days there. And of course, my four times great-grandfather served in Gettysburg as a private during the Civil War. So for me to be connected, you know, knowing why, you know, many times great-grandfather was there in the battle. And of course, you know, all the history associated with Gettysburg, it's definitely a place that fan detectives would love to, you know, expand out there and get as many cases as we can out there as the team continues to improve and grow. What is uh, Penhurst Paracon 2023, Joshua? Penhurst Paracon 2023 is the largest paranormal convention on the East Coast. Some of the most elite prestigious paranormal investigation teams will be there this year. And Penhurst is a pretty amazing location. Uh, it, uh, so the Paracon is like where the biggest teams in the world come together all in one day. And there's a lot of big names that are coming to Paracon 2023. Ghost Hunters, of course. Uh, you know, Jason Grant got the, um, of course, are, are now separate doing different things. But Jason, Steve Gonzalez, and Dave Tango will be 
Uh, they're from Ghost Hunters, and of course, their friend Sherry, who is also one of their team members, they will be there. Um, Destination Fear will be there. Dakota Aladdin, Chelsea Aladdin, their team will be there. Um, also, Amy, Amy Bruni and Adam Berry from the show Kindred Spirits, they will be there as well. And other um, big names that are going to be there. So this is like the largest parent convention on the East Coast. And we were also going to, we were invited to be a vendor. We're going to be setting up a vendor table. So if you have any of your listeners that are going to be um, anywhere in the Pennsylvania area that would like to come out and see Penhurst, it's one, known to be one of those haunted places in Pennsylvania, probably the top two or three alongside Fort Mifflin and Gettysburg. So um, the Paracon out there is going to be an amazing event. We're hoping to be able to sell, you know, of course, uh, our instructional videos that we can try to do. We might be selling T-shirts there. Um, people can take photographs of us. And also, we're hoping that we can get a, meet a lot of like-minded people and, you know, find new fans and get uh, network as much as possible. So for me, this is going to be a lot of fun. And I think Paracon is going to be awesome. And I think you can just go to Google and type in uh, Penhurst uh, Paracon 2023. There should be all the information that you need should be on the website. All right. And if people have a, uh, a haunted location and they want you to investigate and perhaps remediate, how do they get a hold of Phantom Detectives? Sure. So if people want to reach us, we have actually five websites on our team. So I'll go through each one and what they are. So, of course, the first website is afterlifefrequency.com. That's our researcher, Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, so Oxford-educated attorney, world-renowned psychic medium. He's more like behind the scenes. He does all of our research for haunted locations, offers us suggestions. So afterlifefrequency.com is his website. And of course, he's been on Coast with George and on Gaia TV. And um, the reach Melissa, um, so if people want to get a case investigated, Melissa is like the contact person for the case. And her website uh, is psychic, the word psychic, medium, autumn.com. So psychicmediumautumn.com. And Melissa handles all the case the cases that are incoming and all the inquiries because she's like our intake person. And then if we determine that the place is haunted, Rick Warner will, um, who is well trained from MUFON, will interview um, the clients. So to reach um, Melissa, it's um, A Ferrazano, A F E R R A Z Z A N O, A Ferrazano at Verizon.net. And that's how you can reach her um, if you have any cases that are known to be in your area. And of course, um, we also have uh, drumroll, darkmatternews.com, which was the news service. We keep it open as a tribute to Art Bell since I had worked um, with his staff in 2015, 2016 on their uh, radio shows, Dr. J Radio Live and Amy on the Radio. So those, um, you know, of course, uh, you know, darkmatternews.com, we keep open since we bought the brand from Leo Ashcraft in May of 2021. It was a news service of Art Bell's Dark Matter. We keep it open as a tribute site to remember art, and it's a part of Phantom Detectives LLC's uh, banner. And of course, our team website is probably how you're going to reach us fast. Uh, it's Phantom, P-H-A-N-T-O-M, uh, Detectives, all one word, phantomdetectives.org. And we have several ways you can reach us. My email is director at phantomdetectives.org. And we also have a Discord server. We have an entire virtual community where people can log in and chat with us live if they want to reach us directly but without having to email us and wait for us to respond. We have an entire server where people can reach us and just top on chat, and I'll be right there to chat with people who are interested in uh, having us do cases before them. And, of 
course, besides founddetectives.org, there's also paranormalsocieties.com. We're listed in every available directory. So um, the new directory on paranormalsocieties.org, if people can help submit case requests and you can respond to us there too. So we have a lot of options for people to reach us. And, and of course, on social media, just by typing all one word, Phantom Detectives. And of course, um, if you want to type in Dark Matter News, which is owned by the company, uh, Fan Detectives LLC, just type in Dark Matter News. It'll all be it the same place. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Flickr, Tumblr, all those. Fantastic. All right. Joshua Chairs, the founder of Phantom Detectives, phantomdetectives.org, the best uh, website. Thank you so much. Great meeting you. You too. Thank you. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 